Every day, young people are rapidly becoming the leaders that will shape the world of tomorrow. Learn their stories. Hear their visions for the future. This is not about me and you or what is. This is about them and what's gonna be. This is not a podcast. This is a preview. This is a foreshadowing. This is a freaking time machine. This is Shades Required. Welcome to Shades Required. I am your host, Phil Hall. We are really excited. We've got a great episode for you today. A really awesome person to talk to. Her name's Amelia. We'll get to her in a minute. I'm here with my co-host, Mike McIsaac. Mike, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, you're stuck here, so no problem. Um, I'm doing really well. And we have Amelia Tooley here with us today. Amelia, uh, we're really excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, no problem. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's get right into it, folks. We're going to do what we do here. We're going to talk to Amelia, see what she's got going on, see what she's been up to. She's got some pretty cool things to tell us about past, present, and future. So we're really excited. Um, and of course, Coach Mike is going to have some games for us. Uh, Mike, what kind of games we got today? Today, we are doing our Two Truths and a Lie. And um, very similar to the last episode, the If I Were and Why, or If I Was and Why. So um, anyone that doesn't know how to play, it's basically Amelia is going to give us Two Truths and a Lie. And um, Coach Hall and I are going to try to guess which one is the lie and then followed by if I was and why uh, that is basically we're going to give Amelia a topic if you were something and she's going to pick and tell us why very simple awesome and do we get to play that as well we do we do on the same topic great on the same topic exactly great and last time last time we um, told everyone up front what it was going to be more or less um, this time, uh, Amelia and I decided while Phil was in the bathroom. So now we're going to keep it quiet until then, because nothing makes me happier than to keep him on his toes. <laughs> so that sounds like a great plan. And what are because because the two truths and a lie thing is a bit of a competition, Mike, between you and I, we should probably mm-hmm. go over the records. Yeah, sure, Phil. Why not? Um, so so far, Phil is four for four no 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 i'm not buddy i'm three and one. Oh, that's right i thought you got that right yeah you worded things very confusingly last time i did i was being i was trying to show off i went i went from thinking i won to i lost or i guess we tied which is still a loss to me and then turned out i won again so you are one for three sorry one for three sorry three for four is that correct yes yes okay Three for four. You are three for four. I am one for four. So we have 75% and 25%. And that is probably, once we hit the sixes, I'm going to be done with the percentages. But until then, um, Phil is doing very well. Very, very well. Thank you, Mike. Okay. So Amelia, man, what do we want to talk about first? I think, I think the first thing that we have to hear about, I think with you, we're going to try to go past, present, future, sort of in order. So I, I just heard um, while I was coming back in and you were chatting with, with Coach Mike a little bit, 
you've been spending some time um, during the pandemic working as an LNA. That's correct. I have to hear more about what that was like. Yeah, so um, probably, I think it was last March, um, I got my license as an LNA, um, preparing to work during the summer um, in between graduating high school and beginning college and then just kind of through my whole experience until I get my nursing degree and then the schools shut down I was like you know might as well use this while I have it um and so I began working in the middle of the COVID pandemic when nobody really knew what was going on um and it was it was pretty scary um yeah you know wearing masks when nobody really had to wear masks in long-term care facilities only when people were on precautions um it was hard there were no visitors allowed we were the residents families there was they were so secluded from everything we were the only people that they saw um and it was really hard for them you know we sat through them or sat next to them through some of the hardest months that they've ever lived for some of them, never seeing their family only through a computer screen when we had it available to them. Um, So it was really hard. I remember one evening when I was working, um, I brought down a resident to the window to see her mom and this window didn't even open. They had to speak through the window because there was, it was locked. We couldn't open it, it was screwed shut. And it was just so sad being in that situation and being the only person that could like really take care of them. Um, Wow. But it was definitely- That's insane. Yeah, it shaped me a lot as a person and as an LNA to really know how to take care of somebody like fully because yeah what that people, really means right yeah people I mean their family family couldn't even come in to care for them emotionally how they usually would and so we were there from everything physically mentally emotionally we had to be there for them so it was yeah it was tough I can't imagine that wow. um Amelia let me ask you as far as I mean would you say I this you got would you consider this more training than pretty much anyone else could have even imagined because like you jumped right into this with basically saying like hey we have like 30 people per you know like like 30 extra people than we should and we just were over we're overloaded like I mean compared to so many people got practice you know through you know all right this is one patient this is two patient you know you kind of got thrown into there do you think you feel more prepared going from this point on because of that um I would yeah I would definitely say that um when I actually was getting um my licensure uh for my clinical hours I didn't get enough (laughs) clinical hours because we had so many snowstorms last winter and so my instructor was a pretty older woman and she did so I didn't um I really I had like three days maybe of being with another LNA and then I was just 
here you go. Here's your 15 patients. And you kind of just get thrown into it and have to run with it. And you're out of your comfort zone, but that's honestly how I learned it best was just jumping in there and not knowing what to do and figuring it out myself. For sure. For sure. That's, that's incredible. Um, and almost, almost in those situations you were saying, like they don't get to see their families. They don't get to go out, you know, they're stuck in a, in a room with masks and, you know, basically quarantining themselves. And uh, how much of that was um, like almost like being a psychologist because you're helping them, their bodies, but you also have to help them with their minds and cope because if the body's not there or sorry, if the mind's not there, you know, they're not going to want to get better. So did you feel like you were almost playing like two different professions at that point? Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially a lot of the residents that live in long-term care facilities have dementia um, or at least have a little bit of it might not be diagnosed, um, but there's some still there. And so it was very difficult with a mask. They have never seen anybody with a mask on. They don't know what this is on your face, why they can't see your mouth. So you have to learn how to deal with people of all different situations and how to explain to them why this is happening, why their family can't come in, why they can't, you know, sit in the dining room um, and eat with their friends who live there also. And why the activities um, workers can't come in and play bingo with them like they used to every Wednesday evening and all these different things. And we had to be there alongside them learning how to cope with this whole situation because even we didn't know what was going on in the beginning. Um, And so we just kind of had to go with the flow and figure it out together. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is crazy. Wow. Yeah. So Mike, I mean, Mike kind of mentioned, you know, that this must've been amazing training. I'm wondering, Amelia, the the becoming an LNA sort of while you're working on your nursing license, uh, becoming a licensed nursing assistant, if we haven't sort of explained that acronym yet, um, that is that a pretty typical move? It sounded like it was a ton of work for you, a lot to tie together. Um, it sounded like it was kind of stressful to pull off, but is that is that something a lot of folks do? I just, I'm curious to know. Yeah, so um, most people that are like in college to become an RN, a registered nurse, along the way usually do end up with their LNA. Um, You can usually test for like sit down for the state LNA test after your second year of um, a bachelor's nursing program. Okay. But I did mine through Stafford Tech. Um, I just wanted to be ahead of the game, have summer plans um, to work and have a solid job. So I made the investment to, it was a big investment <laughs> money-wise to sit down and do it, but I'm, I'm really glad I did. Um, and it really sets you up for being ready to be in the field while um, getting your nursing degree. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was listening to you talk and I'm like, I feel like most people become an LNA on their way to becoming an RN. It sounded like your experience was different. So that's, that's the difference is you did it much earlier than folks would normally like sit that sit and test. You did it like way ahead of time while you were still in high school. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I didn't go to Stafford, like I wasn't a Stafford student. Technically I did. Well, my dad works at Stafford. So I was able to get into the, um, adult evening classes, which I did in the afternoon after high school class. So (laughs) I did that. So So you would leave, you would leave school and then go to more school once school got done. Yeah. Until like, 8 p.m. usually. Oh my God. <laughs> so Amelia, I mean, this is like, this is huge here because so you were doing all this work when you were in high school and you completely changed your trajectory and then a pandemic came and because of what you'd done before, you were able to go to work as an LNA in the pandemic and you were still doing full-time remote school while you were doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's a that's crazy. Let me ask you, Amelia. So again, let me go back to the fact that most people don't like figure out to do it this way. Was it you? Did so did someone did someone share with you like, hey, you know, by the way, you could do this and get way ahead, like. How did you think to do what you did to be as prepared as you were when the situation happened that literally no one knew was coming? So I've always pretty much known I'd want to be a nurse. And I knew like there's LNAs, which do most of the patient care, like I said to Mr. McIsaac um, earlier, uh, they do most of the patient care in long-term care facilities. And then you have an LPN, which I was like, I don't really want to be an LPN. I just want to get my RN straight away. But I knew LNA was the stepping stone and I didn't really know how to get there at first. Um, And I knew I didn't really want to go to Stafford. Um, I still wanted to go to MSJ. So I found in the paper that they had the evening um, LNA classes and nobody, my parents have always been pretty like hands-off, like we know that you have the ability to do whatever you want. Um, And they knew that I could lead myself there if I really wanted to do something. Um, So I pretty much set it up myself. Um, Nobody was, nobody really handed me this like silver platter, like here's an LNA class in the evening (laughs) to get you far ahead. Um, So I kind of just, pretty much did it independently all by myself. Um, like I said before, if, if I want to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. (laughs) If it's something I really want to do, I'm going to get the motivation to do it and really like take one step after the other and go for it. And that's what I did. Um, and it's paid off so far. (laughs) Clearly, clearly that's incredible. That is incredible. I just, we have to stop the entire podcast for one minute because um, Amelia, you're talking about this like, well, yeah, I mean, if if I want to do something or I want to have something, I just go do it or I just go get it. The level of problem solving and initiative that you showed as a high school student in, in getting this LNA, the majority of people in the world will never have like seriously people four times your age generally don't have that level of 
problem solving and, you know, get up and go. So let's just stop the podcast. Let's recognize how special that is. And let's not talk about it. Like it's just this normal thing. I mean, that's incredible. That's really impressive. And um, the payoff has already begun. So I just think that that's really cool. And you're, you're a model for, for any person who's ever interested in anything, never mind nursing. Like this is what you do when you want to be something. And, and piggybacking off of that too. I mean, I think like, I think that not only can you help in the, in the medical field, but I think you could be out, probably figure out a way to help people who literally are just like, I, how do I do that? You know? Cause, cause you say like, you know, when I, when I want something, I go get it. I figure out how some people just say, okay, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And sometimes it's not even, sometimes you just sit them down and say, well, you, how do you, how do you get that? Like, how do you get your, um, how do you get your licenses? How do you get your classes? And how do I figure out this way? And then you just, for some people, it's, it's as simple as, all right, this is what I do. All right. How do I do that? Simple. But some people can't even fathom how to make it happen. And so so I think that might be a way to that, that. If anyone ever asks you, how did you do that? It's something that people say, well, I can't do that. And they say, why? And you say, why? why can't you do that? You know, it's I, I, to, not to your, not to your level, but I was like, well, I wanted to, I wanted to do a, you know, a YouTube channel and I wanted to do what other people, you know, did that I liked. And and I figured out how same with you. It's to like a lesser extent. I'm not saving, you know, I'm not working with 15 people in a, in a, in a hospital with a, you know, with all those challenges, but it, it's funny how that can, that that way of thinking can just get things done way faster than someone who thinks that oh no it's too hard so i guess another i guess picking back off that question is how did you come to how how did you get to that realization that like i just want to do it and i'm going to do it um well i think it has a lot to do with how i grew up um, and like Coach Hall said earlier, having the initiative, my dad would always say, you have to take initiative. You know, we have this list of chores to do. It's, we're not going to remind you to do it. You have to take initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like with my dad, he, both my parents didn't go to college. I'm a first generation college student. Um, and so, uh, yeah, both my parents um, work in the trades. My mom's a hairstylist. My dad is a master. He has his master plumber license, and he now works at Stafford as a plumbing and electrical teacher. Um, and they like my mom always knew she wanted to be a hairdresser. And at eighteen, graduated high school, went to cosmetology school, and she's now a small business owner and you know, she doesn't have like this huge salon, like in the city, but she loves what she does. And I always grew up with that. And same with my dad, he loved what he did. And now he loves what he does even more. He never thought he'd want to be a teacher. And now he is, and he loves it. He loves being around all of these college or uh, high school boys. And he, (laughs) he's like raising them up as his own. And he loves that. And I think that's really shaped where I've gotten today because I, I knew if I was going to go into something 
like the medical field, I wanted to know that I would love it. And I think that's where I got the motivation and the initiative from is I always love taking care of people. And so I think it comes down to you have to find what you love, because if you don't, if you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to have the motivation to get there. Um, that's so true. That is so unbelievably true. Yeah. Well, and that's Love a great point. You do, and it's- I, I think a lot of people never find that either. You know, I mean, and maybe, you know, maybe it's all connected, right? Maybe that's the reason why people, you know, four times your age have never found the initiative or the problem solving is because they've never found the passion to begin with. So where does yeah. the, where does the nursing passion come from? Do you think for you? Um, my grandmother was a nurse, was a nurse. And, um, so was my grandfather. Um, he was a nurse and anesthetist, so a little bit higher up. Um, but I spent a lot of time with them as a young child. And, um, yeah, I just, I really liked the way that they cared for us. And I knew that they would go out there and care for their patients in the same way. Um, yeah. And I've always, like I said before, I've always known I've wanted to take care of people. And this was the way I kind of envisioned myself doing it. That's great. And it's, uh, there's so many different ways to take care of people, you know, through, you know, nursing, through being a teacher, through being, you know, could be a coach, could be a, a fitness instructor. It's, there's so many ways and that's just so great. Um, and I think that the direction you came or decided to take helped a lot of people and probably saved a good amount of lives during this last year. So thank God that you did. And you have that passion. Um, you know, not to direct, not to derail this, we could talk about this forever, but, um, I think now would be a good time speaking of is, you know, we've talked a lot about what you do, but now let's talk a lot about, you know, you as a person. So I think it's time for two truths and a lie. What say you, Phil? I will go ahead and improve. All right, great. Well, that means we can definitely do it then. Um, Would have been awkward if you said no, but um, (laughs) for the, you know, we've given you at least 20 minutes to kind of think of a few things, Amelia. So what do you got for us? So here's my three statements. Okay. Um, Okay. There is a guinea pig buried in my backyard. Okay. My favorite brand of sneakers are nikes okay and i am allergic to green beans oh crap all right go over them one last time for us (laughs) i (laughs) there's a guinea pig buried in my backyard my favorite sneaker brand are nikes and i'm allergic to green beans Oh, there's so many things that could be adjusted just by one alteration. Phil, you're going to go first this time. So I need we, more time to think. So you want to guess and guess, and then Amelia's going to do a reveal at the end, or are we doing it all right now? What do you want to do? Um, let's, uh, Amelia, don't tell us the answer, okay? We are going to go to the end of the podcast, and then you're going to tell us okay. the answer, okay? All right. All right. Cool. So, Phil? All right. So my thinking here... Oh man. I feel like the guinea pig one, my gut on that is that is true. I don't know why. Um, although that seems like it 
could be another really specific it could be another odd little animal but yeah no it feels like something it feels like a pretty specific truth to me Um, right they're too big to flush down the toilet so (laughs) well i just i don't know yeah (laughs) yes oh see i'm finding out we have different logical reasoning yeah we know we do um I think I think number two uh, favorite sneakers Nikes man sneakers be sneakers Nikes maybe if she'd said shoes Nikes I would be like that's the lie I yeah I'm remembering Amelia Tooley and Birkenstocks when she that's was what I was thinking too yep, yep. yep. so a sneaker being Nikes I might buy um, allergic to green beans I'm trying to think in my head. Like that would be a very uncommon allergy, one I've never heard of. But then again, and I used to think like I used to have thoughts like, oh, you can't be allergic to that. But I would never categorize anything in like that because I've heard of the craziest allergies ever working in schools. I mean, there are allergies mm-hmm. to everything. Of course, yeah. That would be an easy swap though. Like it might be carrots is the true one, and we just flipped it to green beans to make it a lie. My gut on this, which I'm never, I'm never steering away from again, because I did last episode intentionally and ended up losing because my gut was right. I'm going with my gut. Number two is the falsity. Mike. I was probably leaning that way as well, but for the sake of fun, like you did last time, I am going to go with number three and in fact i'm going to go on a limb that says not only is three false but i think you're allergic to celery (laughs) okay and also too i am also going to stick with my statement is i think that number one is false because they're too big to flush down the toilet and that's that was my logic and i'm sticking with it and uh we will find out later in the show Couple things, couple things, because Amelia, um, we actually haven't talked about this much yet, but we are building this podcast as we go. If you couldn't tell, um, <laughs> you are one of our very first interviews. So here's a thought, Mike. If somebody stumps us, now we're going to give everyone that comes on our show a gift. But if anyone stumps both of us, <laughs> they have to get a special prize, which we'll need to figure out what that'll be, in addition to their gift for coming on. I agree. I think that's a great idea. Also, I think starting right now, if we offer a guess as to, you know, we, if we say this is the lie and here's the truth and we get it right, that has got to be worth a bonus point on our scoreboard for you and I. Okay. 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 So that's good. So Amelia, if you've stumped us today and it is indeed the guinea pig is the lie, we will be sending you an additional gift. Uh, as a as a prize okay that's great i love that all right moving onward so because like, um, we're not doing just, our reveal till the end right correct correct i just love like like if if in fact it's right i mean i'm just sitting there just like guessing what it is it's like it, it's gonna be <laughs> gift certificate to applebee's and all of garden <laughs> she's yeah, just sitting yeah, for we'll the have to figure out i know i know we'll have to figure that out um something awesome obviously yeah. so no, I've got an idea. I've got a thought. So um, prizes are a thing of mine, right? I spent a year as a middle school administrator. And actually next year, I'm going to be a middle school administrator again. 
And one of my favorite things about doing that as a living is the, the amount of times throughout a day where you're like trying to figure out what a prize for something might be. There's a lot of prizes in middle school. If you're doing it right, I would argue. If you're doing middle school right, there's a lot of prizes. There's a lot of competitions, a lot of prizes. It's very fun. Anyway, um, cool. That was a good one, Amelia. Nice job. Thanks. All right. So, so we've talked a lot about you know the experience of being you know a nurse um, you know during COVID a little bit, which is so interesting. What an experience. We've talked about you know, just the fact that you're so ahead of the game, you've, you, your trajectory is like compared to other people your age and your field is really high. So good for you. Um, but I want to talk to you a little bit more about like what's going on right now. So um, what are you up to right now? What are you doing outside of school? Um, how are you spending your time? Um, so my summer started a couple of weeks ago um I've just been working going on vacation tomorrow for about eight days with my family we're going camping sweet where are you going wonderful uh, we're in half moon pond I love half moon it's one of my favorite places yeah so yeah. are you guys right on the pond do you have a good lot um yeah so um i'm going with my mom and my sister we usually get a little cabin it's just easier for us um it's right on the water really nice yeah very cool now where um now where exactly is half moon pond for people that don't know like me it's in uh like the fair haven area oh that's wonderful oh it's a state park area that whole section of the state that'll be fun that sounds amazing sounds relaxing yeah, yeah there's, there's actually a, a hike that you'll have to try I mean you might have done it before where you can hike from um half moon campground over to the lake bombazine campground yeah my mom and I tried to do it we got lost oh no oh dear yeah we ended up having to like scale down this mountain um we can pretty much just slid down because it was just like it was a pretty big decline uh because we were just completely lost i don't know where we ended up but yeah and i assume that that question was directed for amelia phil because i was gonna say you know i have not hiked anywhere anywhere ever so (laughs) i know that was directed completely at her correct well no and i think that's you know that's an interesting topic you bring up mike because you are one of the most fit individuals I know. Uh, you're one of the most active people I know, and you're not big on hiking, which I think is interesting. Um, Amelia, I believe that you you sort of are. I know I'm I'm a bit of a hiker. I quite enjoy a hike. I like getting the exercise and the nature piece all at the same time. Uh, Mike, not so much, but Amelia, I think you're you're a little bit into hiking. I know you as a as a bit of a yogi, I think as well, right? Yeah um yeah up at UVM I took quite a few yoga classes um I am in the wellness environment up there so I got a pass for free um for the group fitness classes and then I work at the gym um and already had a free pass there so yeah you're working in the gym yeah wow you got a lot going on Amelia 
I know. <laughs> so what do, do you do in the gym? No. Is that a work study thing? Yeah. Um, we, they had to hire a lot of extra people, uh, because of the COVID restrictions and the cleaning kind of, um, precautionary things. So that's pretty much all I did. Clean, interact with patrons. Yeah. Now, uh, as someone that knows about cleaning gyms during this pandemic, I can, I can both sympathize and congratulate you on all the hard work that you do, but, um, for the school, what were their restrictions as far as just a regular student wanting to work out? Like, how was it different compared to, you know, when we used to just walk into the weight room or something or anything like that? So there was a whole different kind of sign-in policy. You had to make a reservation online. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just show up. Um, and all the machines were six feet apart. There were certain stretching areas, um, spray bottles and towels everywhere mm -hmm. um boxes for lifting weights and things and um you you could only have somebody like helping you like spot you lifting if they were your roommate wow uh yeah so did um that's interesting were you were they yeah oh phil i mean this sounds it's 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 identical the restrictions and stuff from what she's saying to the club I run, it's, it sounds exactly the same, except we don't need spotters because we don't have free weights. But um, was there a limit on people that could be in the building at, at time, Does, including yourself? Yeah. Um, so it, they had the whole system working, but every half hour, there were only nine people that could go up to the gym. Mm -hmm. And so you could only work out for an hour. So after your hour, you had to leave, but every 30 minutes, a new nine people would come, would come in. Wow. So that must've been a struggle for people that are used to going in for like two hours, three hours a day. And all of a sudden you have to say, Hey, you got to get out. Yeah. And I bet that was tough. One reservation a day. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Although, you know, part of me respects that a little bit because it's kind of like as a school, there's like, Hey, we have so many students, like. We have to do it this way. Sorry, guys. We're kind of all in this together, which is, again, another thing of like, that's where we are now. It's we're all in this together and we are so close to being finished with it. I mean, I'm sure people have different opinions of it, especially you being in the medical field and seeing it at its best, at its worst and everything in between. Um, but that must have been tough for kids your age. You mm -hmm. know, who, I mean, oh, Phil, I know you and I, I mean, how many times were we either up at, uh, up in the the gym or down with with al where we were just like all right we're gonna spend half the day here because you're fun you know and yeah i, I can't imagine yeah. it yeah that's that's crazy that's stuck. i know i think young people man during this pandemic i i said that all along i still hold that that's true uh they lost so much more than people our age i mean overall you know my life changed so much less than people who were you know, Amelia's age uh, and who actually, you know, have lives and things like that. Um, yeah, no, well, I mean, my, my life didn't change that much other than for a couple, couple months there, I went to work in my spare bedroom rather than at work. That was about it for me. You know, I, I, I can't imagine some of these kids and all the, all the things that they kind of missed out on. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, Amelia, but man, Amelia did a pretty good job of staying active during the pandemic, I would say. 
Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit more, Amelia, about you, you mentioned a, a wellness group or society you're a part of. Is that because you work in the gym or is that uh, more of a, a social or community service type of deal? What was that about? You said the wellness environment environment. So you're part of the wellness environment. So tell me about that. Yeah. So it's um, what would you call it? It's kind of like a group at UVM um, that is housing separated from all of the other housing that uh, doesn't allow like alcohol or drugs or um, parties, anything like that. Um, it's just like a safe environment for students that don't want to be surrounded by that. So um, that's a housing choice you can make it. Yep. Wow. Okay. That's cool. That's, that is cool. That's very cool. Yeah. And majority, uh, it's usually a, mostly an option for freshmen um, just because they're underage anyway. Um, so yeah, it's just like, a, I really enjoyed being a part of it my freshman year. Um, and I'll actually be an RA in the wellness environment in the fall. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll so see now you are so now you're in sort of a leadership role within uh, sort of this, like, sounds like, in terms of decision-making, it sounds like an elite group of students. Like, like you know, the, the young people that chose to go live in this environment, you know, that's a pretty darn good decision to make. Um, I would not have been smart enough to make that decision, for example. But I can recognize uh, as an adult that that is a, just a great decision to make. And now you're going to be in a leadership role with a bunch of people who have made that decision. That's great. And by, and by parties, like the no parties thing, I'm guessing that just means like, you know, no, no typical college parties that we're thinking of. Right. Yeah. Because like, I was like, well, what if they want to get together and play like Monopoly? I'm like, well, if that's like, what's considered a party, just people more than five, you know, it's just like, I'm guessing you guys could do that. It's just like no traditional college parties with drinking and drugs like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. We have at least uh, in the fall and spring, we had tons of people get together and have like card game nights or mm -hmm. they'd all get together with their guitars and you know, just play around and sing and yeah, be really fun. That does sound fun. I gotta say, I, I think that social interaction sober is an ex insanely important skill that most young people miss most of their best opportunities, you know, to hone. Um, that is like, and, and, and frankly, a lot of people in today's world stink at like you know a, a lot of people do not like public speaking a lot of people have a hard time walking into a room and interacting with people and it's like I just gotta I have to connect in my own brain as my own person and my own opinion that's got to have something to do with the fact that a everyone's on their phone all the time but b it seems like as young people there's this really common thought that anytime we're all going to get together, we have to be on some sort of substance in order to kind of like, you know, loosen up enough to actually talk to people. And I just think that that's really a depressing thought. Um, and actually, we showed a, a video at, at the high school this year that was incredible. Um, and uh, I'll have to share it somehow, you know, in, in the description of this episode. Um, but it was a guy who almost was a very, very, very successful basketball player, but he wasn't because of his drug addiction. Um, and his whole point is like, why can't we just talk to each other? So he goes into high schools and he talks to kids about why can't we talk to each other unless we're 
drunk or stoned or whatever else. So I imagine there's some really cool things going on, um, you know, where you live at UVM with, you know, students getting to practice that every single day. Um, yeah, I think again, Amelia, you found yourself ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, I'm definitely really lucky to be at a university that offers a program like that. Yeah, I think, and I know I was going to say, I'm kind of like proud of UVM, right? For like recognizing that that was a good thing for them to do. I don't think I've ever heard of a school that has done that besides them. I didn't even know, obviously, until today it existed, but. I've heard of honors, um, honors housing that is like that. I don't think I've ever heard of like the wellness specific piece. Sure. Which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Amelia, was there any like perks to the working at the gym? Like, did you get your, it's like, hey, guess what? After hours, you can kind of get your own workout in kind of thing. Or was it just like, nope, show up, do your job, go home, see you next, next week or. Um, when we closed midday for cleaning, mm -hmm. we could work out if you really wanted to, um, once we got our cleaning done, but there weren't many perks. I mean, other than meeting a ton of like really awesome people sure. that also liked to be active and were potentially mm -hmm. in your class or of the same major, uh, but no perks when it came to yeah. like, gym or anything like that. Yeah. There wasn't any, there's no at ours either. It's hey, like, those, those perks right surrounding yourself with with positive like-minded people that's better than any any extra working out perk you could possibly have right working out in florence was kind of cool though that that was a nice little perk the black card yeah i was able to do that but anyways so mike yes i think it's time for we got to do our second game and okay and we got to do our big reveal got it awesome all right um so Amelia, you and I talked about this. So hopefully you had some time to ponder. Phil, you get no time to ponder. Um, the big question is, if, if I were a dinosaur, which would I be and why? So uh, I'm going to give Amelia a few more minutes because I'm going to go because I want to steal the coolest dinosaur of them all and say Velociraptor. I would be a Velociraptor because I was not going to give you a chance to say it, Phil. One, they're awesome. Two, they're pack hunters, means they're social. I'm very social. And two, and three, um, the thought of being a plant-eating dinosaur makes me sick to my stomach because if it doesn't have meat in it, I rarely will want it. So that is mine. Phil, do you think you need more time or are you ready to go? Um, I can go. I obviously, I, for those of, for anyone watching um, the video of this podcast, you're, you're seeing my backdrop and you're seeing that I have some choices behind me. Uh, oh yeah. For my children's uh, super dino backdrop hanger we have here. Um, and so I'm looking at, I'm looking at the animals there. I'm seeing some kind of um, stegosaurus there, the green in the green. There's also a green T-Rex. Looks like we've got an orange um, triceratops and then maybe like a blue brontosaurus. Um, I'm, I'm not going to think about dietary things because I am a carnivorous animal as well, Mike. Uh, however, I am drawn to the, I'm drawn to that Triceratops for some reason. 
why am I a triceratops? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a triceratops because I have a really big head. <laughs> uh, my cranium is very large. Uh, and let's see. No, from what I'm thinking about triceratops and what I know about them, which is limited, I have to be honest. Um, That's fair. They're sort of, you know, they kind of move at my speed. Uh, you know, sort of more of a sauntering animal than someone you're going to see sprinting all around. And that's who I really am. It's not who I am at work, but who I really am. Like, I love going to the South and moving around with those people down there because they move really slow. And I like that. Um, I want to live my life sort of like that because my life at work is like a ping pong ball, right? That's fair. Yeah. Um, so that's where I level with a triceratops, large cranium slow chill, slow chill sort of pace uh yeah that's all i have mm-hmm. awesome all right amelia it's up to you now what do you got so um if i were to be a dinosaur i would say i'd be a brontosaurus um okay. first of all they are plant eaters and i love i love some veggies and some fruits um they're also like very tall um and uh, for being a woman, I'm 5'9", which is pretty tall. Mm-hmm. You are tall, Mila. I remember that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? They, they're kind of like gentle creatures. They're not really like harmful or really like into too much action. They're not getting in any fights or anything like that, um, which I can relate to. Uh, they're also, there's not much there's not many other creatures up in the sky. Like their, their heads are really high up in the sky. And I kind of, I'm an introvert. I like being alone and in a relaxed environment. So I think that fits perfectly. I think that fits great. That was, that was a nice job. Yeah. Actually, just going back to on, I I was just, you know, associating everything with land before time after a while. And also if you remember uh, Sarah, Phil, the triceratops, she was very stubborn yes so i, I do that remember very that. well and amelia going to littlefoot littlefoot was very kind and i think that fits you very well <laughs> so i think you guys nailed it i don't think there was a velociraptor in land before time and if there was it yeah was they were like the bad not like the bad oh, guy was the they were, but then yeah were but velociraptors. but they were absolutely freaking terrifying in those movies because they made them to be that way so yeah i, I like that i think we had three great answers <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying I'm terrifying. I just remember they were terrifying in the movie. Yes. So, Amelia, I am ready like, to hear. Had... I want to know what is the correct answer to the two truths and a lie. Okay. So, um, there is, in fact, a guinea pig buried in the backyard. Um, it was my sister's. We had it for a couple of weeks. Her name was Valentine um and she got pneumonia and died um and we built or uh, we buried her in a rock wall that we have in the back that got repaired a couple of years ago so we had to move her body <laughs> and rebury her <laughs> i'm just like is this was this guinea pig on the oregon trail i've never heard <laughs> of a guinea pig getting pneumonia <laughs> it's actually quite common <laughs> oh Wow, we are learning things all over. Today. Wow, that was cool. that story just kept going. <laughs> that was great. 
So, okay. All right. Um, okay. My second truth is that I am minorly allergic to green beans, raw oh. green beans to be specific. I eat them anyway, but they make my mouth pretty tingly. And so I've been told by my doctor that I'm probably have like some um, allergy to them. There uh, it is. And yeah. then I I don't like Nike sneakers. <laughs> Amelia, let me ask you something. Um, what is your favorite brand of shoe? Um, brand of shoe. Hmm. Well, my favorite sneakers are Brooks. Brooks. Um, <laughs> I wear Birkenstocks a lot. Um. So I would have I would have need to just for the record, Mike, and for our listeners to understand, I would have need to have said. Your favorite brand of sneaker is Brooks, not Nike's, in order to gain a, a bonus point there. Oh, I see. You would have you would have had to guess it correct. Okay, cool. I get it. I get it. Cool. But I said like something along the lines of your favorite shoe is is Birkenstocks. So I was trying to I was trying to I was trying to lead you into maybe giving me an opportunity to state my case for a bonus point, but we didn't get there. That's no, okay. no, we didn't. And also, she's not allergic to celery. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just wrong altogether, Mike. So, uh, all right, all right. Okay. Who I, you know, who knows who said what wrong things at the time? Those we were different people back then. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Amelia, I'll tell you something. Um, and our time is just about up here today. But the the whole reason we started this podcast was we wanted folks to know, um, you know that that we're all in really good hands like that was kind of a, a point here and so to have you on and to hear you talk about you know the fact that you're just you're you're a person that really has it all figured out um especially for someone your age you are just such an impressive individual and you're in the field of healthcare, and i just think we should all be really happy about that uh because we really are going to be in good hands man uh, if I ever, you know, wake up from being unconscious in a hospital and I look up and my nurse is Amelia Tooley, I will be thrilled at the fact. So <laughs> I'm, gonna uh, I'm, I'm happy I'm gonna you live. Doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thank you so much for being here. It was really fun having you on. You did a great job. Uh, and, you know, maybe someday we'll have to have you back because you're still going to be young for a while so we can keep talking to you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And I think this is great what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. We try. We do try. <laughs> we do. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This has been fun. Uh, Amelia Tooley is going to take care of us all. She's, she, man, she's way ahead of everybody. Uh, if you want to figure out how to get what you want in life, uh, maybe, you know, reach out to Amelia because she's, she's figured it out a lot quicker than many of us have. Uh, thanks for being with us, folks. Time to say goodbye, Mike. Yeah, Amelia, it was great to uh, talk to you. It was great to see you again. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, I, I look forward to all the great things that you're going to do in life. Thank you. All right, folks, we'll see you later. All right, stay positive, everybody. Thank you.